Moxie. What do you want, Ernie? Man, that sounds like a mockingbird. No, no, Ernie. That's no mockingbird. That's a feather-brained bird. And you know what I'm going to do with him? I'm going to blow him right away. Thank you, and welcome to the Jazz Focus. We are on WETF, South Bend, Indiana, the Jazz Station. My name is John Clark, and happy to have you here listening to some fine jazz. I hope it's fine jazz. I like it. Uh, we're going to be listening today to some uh, recordings that were made in 1945. These were called the Manhattan Masters because they were recorded for a recording company that didn't last for too long. In fact, it may have only been put together to release these sides. It was called Manhattan, of course. And the band that was um, featured on these recordings was the house band at Nick's. Uh, restaurant, the uh, Nick's Club in Greenwich Village, uh, which was also a steakhouse, and it featured Dixieland music. Now, the term Dixieland has come under some fire lately uh, for uh, racial insensitivity and so forth. I'm going to be using it just because that's what they called it here, uh, and it's a 
very evocative term in terms of what types of music uh, you expect to hear when you hear that word. Some people call it traditional jazz, New Orleans style. Neither one of those really works very well for this type of music that we're going to listen to today. These musicians, uh, as I said, were all playing at Nick's uh, in the village, and uh, Eddie Condon was the band leader at this time. This was in March of 1945, although later in the year he actually left the club to found his own club, Eddie Condon's Club, and took at least a couple of the musicians with him. He does not appear on these recordings. Um, these were produced by Nick Rangetti, who was the proprietor, the owner of Nick's. He wanted to have something to sell in the cloakroom. Uh, so he had the bands go into the studio, and they recorded 18 sides. And recall, this was during the 78 era, so each record had two sides, so uh, nine records, in other words. And these were led or credited uh, as having been led by three of the musicians in the band. So each one got three records. So uh, there were three records that were uh, Nick's, and Nick presents his Dixieland band under the direction of Muggsy Spanier. Nick presents his Dixieland band under the direction of Miff Mole. And Nick presents his Dixieland band under the direction of Pee Wee Russell. And that was the front line for a good part of uh, the Nick's experience. Although we have a couple of other players who are going to come in and out as well. We started with two jazz standards from the 1920s. Uh, we had Bugle Call Rag and a blues. And I'll tell you first, the Bugle Call Rag, which uh, has solos or had uh, the opening string, which was based on the 12-bar blues, goes back to about 1922 in the New Orleans Rhythm Kings. They called it the Bugle Blues, uh, and it had morphed and changed and so forth uh, over the years, and typically it went into Ole Miss Rag, which this one uh, didn't really. This one uh, did something a little bit different. This was under the direction of Muggsy Spanier. This was done on March 1st of 1945, and I'll tell you the personnel. Muggsy Spanier was on cornet. Of course, he was the great Chicago cornet player, a white player who uh, learned his craft by listening to the New Orleans black players who were active in Chicago in the early 1920s. He was uh, a good friend of Louis Armstrong, but his playing, he really kind of modeled after Armstrong's mentor, King Joe Oliver. He heard uh, the Creole jazz band featuring both of them, and he really took off with the uh, King Oliver style, especially in the use of mutes, which we're going to hear in the second tune. On trombone, we have Lou McGarrity, who was uh, an exceptional trombone player. He played with a number of big bands, most notably Benny Goodman's big band in the uh, early 1940s. I think he was actually still with the uh, Goodman band up until about this time. I think he was in uh, the service, and he came out, and he was playing at least off and on at Nick's. And we'll hear him playing trombone on a few tunes. He's very well featured on Bugle Call Rag. We have the wonderful Pee Wee Russell on clarinet. And uh, Pee Wee Russell uh, is almost beyond description. He was uh, from Missouri. Uh, we did a show a while back on Pee Wee Russell, but uh, always good to check in with him again. He was a, a very um, original musician, not just as a clarinetist, but as a musician. His musical thought, how he evolved solos, lines, melodic structure, his tonal characteristics on clarinet, all of those things really uh, united to make him a complete original. Nobody ever sounded quite like him. A few people tried, but no one ever really did. And part of the reason was he was a very fine technical clarinet player, even though he kind of hid his technical accomplishments with the swoops and growls and whoops and things like that. We're going to hear uh, a couple of tunes that I consider the best Pee Wee Russell on record a little bit later, and you'll get a, a, a real panoply of his tonal uh, ministrations, I guess. Then we also heard a fourth horn in that band, Ernie Cazares on baritone sax. Ernie Cazares uh, was 
part of a group that came out of Texas. It was led by his brother, Emilio Cazares, who was a violinist. And uh, Ernie was a, a very fine clarinetist as well as baritone and alto saxophone. And it was the two of them and a guitar player. And that was the group, the uh, Cazares Brothers Trio. And they uh, made some records in the 1930s. Ernie was featured on uh, a recording session with Sidney Bechet, just soprano sax and baritone sax in the front line, a very interesting session. Uh, he also played with a number of big bands. He played lead alto for Jack Teagarden's big band and did most of the clarinet solos. He went with Glenn Miller's band after that and played baritone sax and alto. He had a couple of uh, clarinet solos uh, that cropped up from time to time. And then he uh, was featured on a lot of the Eddie Condon uh, broadcasts uh, from the 1940s from Town Hall. He was a, a regular member of that band and he was almost always given a feature on either clarinet or baritone sax. And he did a lot of recording with uh, Dixieland and traditional jazz groups uh, in the 1940s and 50s. He was also a very fine musician and worked on a lot of radio programs and did a lot of staff work that way. We also heard on piano Gene Schreider, uh, who was Eddie Condon's pianist of choice from this point till probably into the 1960s, I believe. He ended up touring with the Dukes of Dixieland in the 1960s when he passed away as a fairly young man, but a very good band pianist and a very fine soloist. On these recordings that we just heard, we heard Carl Kress, who was a legendary guitar player from the 1930s, who was, uh, I guess, dragooned into playing some uh, of the Dixieland repertoire. I don't think he played with his band regularly, but he was an excellent rhythm guitarist. He was really a fine soloist as well, but I don't believe he gets too much uh, solo work in here. We heard a little bit... Uh, on the second tune, the Featherbrain Blues, uh, with him backing up Muggsy Spanier on that wonderful muted trumpet solo. Then we had Bob Haggart on bass, he of the Bob Crosby Orchestra. He had that wonderful recording of Big Noise from Winnetka where he whistled while uh, Ray Baduke played uh, his bass with uh, drumsticks. And here we get a sample of his whistling in a different context on the Featherbrain Blues, the second tune. I should mention that tune was uh, dedicated, if that's the word, to the critic Leonard Feather. And Muggsy Spanier was not terribly fond of Leonard Feather, and hence the Featherbrain Blues. We then heard Charlie Carroll on drums, and that was the band right there uh, for Muggsy Spaniard's Dixieland Band, presented by Nick. And those are our first two tunes. We're going to play two more tunes from that same band, that same session. I think I might have said it was March 1st. It was, in fact, March 2nd of 1945. And uh, the next two tunes will be the U.B. Blake tune, You're Lucky to Me, a great tune from the 1930s, one of U.B.'s later tunes with lyrics by Andy Razaf. Nobody sings on this one, but an excellent baritone sax solo, as we'll hear, and a really superb clarinet solo, uh, which uh, is to be expected with Pee Wee, but this one goes even a little bit further, I think. And then we're going to hear Kid Ory's uh, standard that he composed for the Louis Armstrong Hot Five called the Muskrat Ramble. Following that, we're going to jump over to Pee Wee Russell and his orchestra. Nick presents uh, his Dixieland band under the direction of Pee Wee Russell, which is essentially the same group, uh, with no baritone sax, unfortunately, and a slightly different rhythm section. So uh, instead of um, Bob Haggart and Charlie Carroll, we're going to have Bob Casey on bass and Joe Grouso on drums. And those were two fellows who played a lot of the Commodore Dixieland sessions from this period. So very well-integrated rhythm section with the two of them and Gene Schreider. So, our four tunes, You're Lucky to Me, Muskrat Ramble, uh, and then the two Pee Wee Russell tunes, I Ain't Gonna Give Nobody None of My Jelly Roll, and Fidgety Feet.
we have the Pee Wee Russell component of the uh, Nick's recordings for Manhattan. These Manhattan masters came out on an LP, I think, in uh, the 60s, and then it was reissued in the late 70s, and I think that's the copy that I got. I had an, uh, an LP copy of this when I was in high school, and it's what turned me on to this type of music more than anything else, and especially on the baritone saxophone by Ernie Cazares. Uh, I looked up all the recordings I could of his after this, but these are very cleanly played uh, versions of Dixieland standards played by a band that was not a pickup band. These guys played together night after night, four or five nights a week in New York, probably for months on end. Uh, similar groups um, to, the, to this combination recorded for Commodore and also some uh, world transcriptions, I believe, as well, under Miff Mole's name and uh, a little bit under, P uh, rather, under Muggsy Spaniard's name as well. So they had their routines down and they really had a great balance and a great... Uh, way of playing an ensemble. So we started out with um, You're Lucky to Me, followed by Muskrat Ramble, with Muggsy Spanier leading the band in that case. And Muggsy took a particularly long solo on Muskrat Ramble. He was not really known as a soloist. He was a lead player and could play uh, leads to these Dixieland tunes as well as to standards, but he usually stayed right around the melody. Here in Muskrat Ramble and a little bit later in Jelly Roll, he played a uh, much um, more improvised type of line, so uh, he, he was uh, having fun on these dates too, I think. Then we went to uh, I Ain't Gonna Give Nobody None of This Jelly Roll and Fidgety Feet, done by the Pee Wee Russell uh, version of this band. As I said, the only difference was it had uh, Bob Casey on bass and Joe Grasso on drums, and an excellent Pee Wee Russell solo on Jelly Roll. That was one of my favorites. Um, my very favorite Pee Wee Russell solo of all time is coming up on the next tune. These are all from March 2nd of 1945, as I said, recorded for Manhattan. This uh, tune uh, we're going to hear is a 20 standard by Joseph Meyer and, Her and Herman Ruby, not Harry Ruby, and it's called My Honey's Love and Arms. And Pee Wee starts this out, uh, plays two choruses up front, sort of plays the melody on the first one, but then on the second chorus he goes into outer space and it just creates this incredible melodic structure uh, that's just colored with his rasps and growls and just a, a real work of art uh, what he did there. Then we're going to hear a little guitar solo as well um, featuring Carl Kress. As I said, Carl Kress I don't think played with his band regularly and he didn't play this music a whole lot. He was uh, more active in the 1930s playing with some of these musicians but great solo coming up after that as well. And then we're going to uh, go on to a tune that I don't I'm sure he recorded other times, but this is the only recording I know of Pee Wee Russell playing the clarinet marmalade, the uh, uh, tune by the original Dixieland Jazz Band, so suitably enough he's featured on that. Then we're going to go to the third member of the triumvirate uh, who led this band, Miff Mole, a great trombone player. He was a pace setter on trombone in the 1920s. He was a, in partnership with Red Nichols on cornet, and they recorded probably hundreds of sides uh, in the 1920s, small group jazz. He was also part of numerous big bands uh, in the 1920s, and his style of trombone playing was really what was what 
trombone players were out to copy and beat until Jack Teagarden and Jimmy Harrison came on the scene a little bit later in the 1920s. Uh, Mole was a tremendous technical trombone player. I think he played for the NBC Symphony later in life, and uh, he never lost his taste for this type of music, 20s music and Dixieland and so forth. He played in some big bands. He played in Benny Goodman's big band in the 40s for a while. Uh, unfortunately, alcoholism took its toll with Miff, and uh, by the time he passed away in the early 1960s, he was largely forgotten. He was... Uh, uh, had lost a lot of his abilities to play too, unfortunately. But he's still at uh, something close to his peak, as you will hear on a couple of the uh, feature numbers that uh, he will be doing coming up. We're going to start out with a tune uh, by N.J. Clessy from the 1920s called I'm Sorry I Made You Cry. And then we're going to finish this little set with Miff's Blues. So... Pee Wee Russell leading My Honey's Loving Arms and Clarinet Marmalade and Miff Mole, and I should tell you who's in this band, I'm Sorry I Made You Cry and Miff's Blues. And in this band, Muggsy Spanier, Miff Mole, Pee Wee Russell, Gene Schreider, Fred Sharp on guitar. As far as I know, this is his only recording. I don't know much about Fred Sharp. Jack Lesberg, who was a very active bass player in the New York scene at that time, and Charlie Carroll again on drums. And... Uh, Actually, the two recordings that we're going to hear have Alan Hanlon on guitar rather than Fred Sharp, so we'll get to him a little bit later. So, again, My Honey's Love and Arms, Clarinet Marmalade, I'm Sorry I Made You Cry, and Miff's Blues. Mm-hmm. 
So we had a little time, so we threw in an extra one there as well. We started out with two Pee Wee Russell uh, led tracks, My Honey's Love and Arms and Clarinet Marmalade, both featuring, of course, the clarinet. And as I said, that first track, My Honey's Love and Arms, to me is just about the best Pee Wee on record. Fabulous, fabulous solo on there and incredible sound and uh, phrasing, everything. It had everything. Anyway, uh, we also heard some excellent Carl Kress guitar on that track. Then we went to Clarinet Marmalade. In addition to Pee Wee, of course, we had some fine piano by Gene Schreider. Then we, uh, oh, and I should mention, I said there was no baritone sax on those tracks. There, in fact, was. Ernie Cazares is present. He didn't solo, but you could hear him in the ensemble. So there you go. We're going to, uh, to talk about now the Miff Mole side. So Miff Mole, as I said, was a really world-beating trombone player in the 20s, and he went into radio work and studio work and things like that in the 30s. Uh, he didn't do a lot of jazz playing in the 30s, but by the early 40s, he uh, came back on the scene in this Dixieland revival, so-called. Um, 1939 was a big year for that type of music. In fact, it was Muggsy Spanier who really kind of ignited uh, the idea of what we call the Dixieland Revival. He had uh, 16 recordings put out by his ragtime band, similar to the band we're hearing now, um, maybe a little bit more retro, a little bit more uh, interesting in terms of repertoire, but that uh, got people thinking about recreating that type of jazz from the original Dixieland Jazz Band or the New Orleans Rhythm Kings or the early Chicago musicians. Uh, that band, along with some of the Eddie Condon groups and the Bud Freemans and the Cum Laude group, that really sort of set the scene for uh, the next generation of musicians who came up playing this style of music. Most of them were white musicians who came out of big bands, actually, um, but um, there were a few African-American musicians and a few musicians who were not big band players either, so there was a leavening of a lot of different players. And Miff Mole came back to the fold doing uh, this type of music at Nick's and some other places. He started recording again in the mid-40s, and for five or six years he uh, was pretty well recorded and in good shape and did some really marvelous work. We heard him start out with I'm Sorry I Made You Cry, uh, featuring, again, a very fine clarinet solo and a uh, characteristic Miff Mole trombone solo. Very technical and very correct. Um, maybe not as emotional as Lou McGarrity's playing was on the earlier tracks, but uh, very interesting in its own way. And then we went to Miff's Blues after that. Now, this was a, a barely disguised uh, version of the tune we know as the Beale Street Blues. In fact, Miff Mole's group recorded that for Commodore with Bobby Hackett playing cornet, and that was pretty much uh, the Knicks band as well with Hackett instead of uh, Spanier. It also had Ernie Cazares and um, Pee Wee Russell on that as well. Uh, it was said uh, at one point of Knicks Club that there were three or four trumpet players who were all on call, and whoever was sober enough played the gig that night, and uh, that could have been. We had Muggsy Spanier and Max Kaminsky and I think Chelsea Queeley was one of the trumpet players there along with Bobby Hackett and uh, you never know who else. And we threw in at the end of Miff's Blues a uh, little Lucky Strike extra on I Can't Give You Anything But Love. The same group but Fred Sharp on guitar. I had mentioned him earlier. And that was a tune by Dorothy Fields and Jimmy McHugh, although it's been speculated that that was a tune they might have bought from Fats Waller and Andy Razaf, uh, one of the tunes that that duo wrote that they probably had to get rid of quickly to raise money for bail or alimony or whatever they needed it for at that time. Um, but uh, it's credited to Fields and McHugh, and they may have turned it around a little bit, and it became one of the signature jazz standards uh, beginning in the late 1920s. It was written 
in, I think, 1929. And that had a particularly good half chorus by Pee Wee Russell, and then, uh, of course, an excellent Miff Mole solo after that. So we have time for a couple of more tunes. Uh, we're going to keep, keep with the Miff Mole section of the program here, and we're going to play uh, the Livery Stable Blues, which was one of the first jazz tunes recorded by the original Dixieland Jazz Band. It was the first tune recorded that was released um, for Victor. It's a, uh, it was also called the Barnyard Blues because of some of the sounds the instrumentalists are called upon to make. Most bands think of this as terribly trite and corny, but I happen to think this particular recording uh, is really very uh, compelling as jazz. It has a marvelous beat to it. You can imagine dancing to this and uh, the players really get into it and solo as well. Then we're going to finish up with a trombone feature uh, beginning with a, a big trombone cadenza, almost a classical cadenza, on uh, the uh, tune by Bert Kalmar and Harry Ruby called Three Little Words. So both of those are Miff Mole, uh, Dixieland Band presented by Nick Rongetti. So, before we do that, I want to thank you for joining us here on WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana, and the Jazz Focus. Uh, we're happy to have you here. Hope you're enjoying these programs. Uh, take a listen to my podcast, also called The Jazz Focus, on Anchor.fm and Spotify and many other platforms as well. We have a lot of other different type of jazz going there as well, and I'm also putting these shows up there after they're done on the station. So, you can go back and revisit those if you would like. So please do that and uh, drop me a line on my band's website, wolverinejazzband.com. Also, Instagram and Facebook, Wolverine Jazz Band. If you'd like to hear any particular programs or have any uh, comments about the music that is being played, love to hear them, love to talk to you about it. So we're going to finish up now with Nick's, uh, Nick presents his Dixieland Band under the direction of Miff Mole, Livery Stable Blues, and Three Little Words. My name is John Clark, and thank you very much.
Mm-hmm. 